Welcome all. Radio. Welcome all to another episode of the Married Men Don't Talk Show, brought to you by HouseholdStress.com. Hope everyone comes well tonight. We got a special uh, guest host tonight. Give a shout out to Mr. Andrew Diaz in the house. Hey, hey. He has been rocking with us for a few years now. He is our resident photographer. He is a a person that has always been with us, always supported, always will be supportive of him and his wife, Glenn. And I think we're a little bit overdue for having this um, co-hosting right now, but we're going we're gonna to get it kicked off tonight, and we will uh, keep doing it this way. Um, tonight's topic... Well, before I do that, let me get a little bit of ground rules. Uh, this is not Bible study, so kind of refrain from that if you could, and no profanity. And um, tonight's topic is blind trust. And I'm going to say a little thing, and then I'm going to bring Andrew in. I want to talk about the flight to the Malaysian flight that mysteriously disappeared. Um, and I know they've come to some conclusions of where what happened and whatever. Um, there was 227 passengers on that flight, to my understanding. And 227 passengers put their blind trust into a pilot. Now, we all do it when we go fly. We put our blind trust into a pilot, um, we don't really know the background of this pilot. We just know that he's there and he's shaking our hand and he looks like he can fly the plane. We don't know whether his certification is up to date, whether he's been drinking, smoking, what. We have no idea. But we put the blind trust into this pilot. And if you take two parents of each person that's put the blind trust in putting their, their, their children or grown adults on this plane, then that leaves 672 people. That's one person with two parents. 672 people now have put their blind trust into this one pilot. Now, if I bring it back to marriage, right, the question that I want to ask is, how many people put their blind trust into someone that's getting married to their family member? How many people are there involved? Could it be two parents? Could it be a stepchildren? stepchild, could it be brother, sister, when we all get into a marriage situation, there's a lot of blind trust going on. But how many people are really involved in making sure that this person that you're getting ready to marry is who they say they're going to be or they're going to act the way that they say that they're going to act? How many people do you guys think of this? That's a good question. I, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, because it's not just two people. It's just not just you and your spouse. You know what I mean? I mean, that would be easy. Like, okay, you know, I'm going to marry you, and I'm going to hope that you're going to be this person that you're showing me during the courtship stage. But how many other people are involved in that whole matrimony thing? Well, and you know when you marry somebody, you marry their background, their family, that that piece of luggage that... uh, Mysteriously just appeared with the rest of the luggage. Mhm. Mhm. 
<laughs> the peace of love is disappeared. But, 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 but do we think about the other pieces to the puzzle when we're dating and when we're, and when we're making plans to marry? Do we think about if I mess this up, I'm going to let all these people down? Absolutely. I don't think so. In in my first marriage, um, I didn't, you know, um, um, and not even in my second marriage. But when I got married uh, the last time, I, I thought about all that. I thought about the children involved. I thought about the parents involved. I thought about do I want to do I want to take on that load of responsibility. Mm. Kind of like that. I just want to be out there counseling it. So, what made you um, do it differently this time than the other two? Um, <laughs> because I couldn't be gunslinging anymore. Not that I didn't try. <laughs> okay. It's just that uh, something happened between marriage two and marriage three. Mm-hmm. And uh, I couldn't be out there gunslinging anymore because that was the plan. That was the plan in marriage one was to have a wife and still have. I mean, kind of break it down what you mean by gunslinging. Those. Are- well, I mean, when 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 I got divorced, um, you know, I wasn't planning on getting saved. Okay. And I, I mean, my mantra was, I ain't that. I ain't that uh, ugly, I ain't that old, and I ain't that broke, you know? Sure. And I might be heading down to hedonism. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and the problem was I got saved. So, you know, I was trying to gunsling, I was trying to chase it, but every time I did, it was just, it was just, a, uh, it just, it just wasn't going to work. Not yeah. that, not that I didn't want it to work. Yeah. I had been, you know, put down, attacked, and all that by my by my wife for so long. I don't want to get back in that kind of stuff. Mm. I want to chase some tail. Good words, good words. So, 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 if you think and thinking back about what you just said, if a person were to go into marriage and taking into consideration all the people that are rooting for this marriage to. To, to be successful. Do you think they'll be in a better place? You know, I think I don't think most people really understand the uh, the tentacles of marriage. And I really don't think they understand it until they go through a divorce. Mm-hmm. When you go through a divorce and you see how much it's rocked so many people in your life, and how many people are, how many relationships are strained or destroyed, then you really get a hold of it. Hmm. Gotcha. Anybody else on it? I agree with Andrew. You agree with Andrew? Yes. I mean, when you go through a divorce, it tells you, and you learn a lot when you go through a divorce. You learn what you can't handle, what you can handle, um, what it, what you can tolerate, how far your cable toe can go, how far if you're, how far are your limits. You, I mean, when you get in that second marriage, I mean, you you already know you're braced for what's coming if anything comes. 
But after the first marriage, you're really learning. And I'm not saying, I'm not advocating getting married twice. But I am saying, you know, you need to be very mature when you step into that first marriage. You need to be very mature in what, you, what you're what doing and what's going on because most of us are not. Right. Most of us are out there chasing the tail and think that's what it's about. Right. And we get hemmed up and get married. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay, for those that just came on, tonight's topic is blind trust. And we have the uh, our guest host. Andrew Diaz, and right now, Andrew, I'm going to turn this over to you because I think that you had something that you wanted to, uh, to ask the gentleman. Yeah, um, one, of the, one of the things that was, was on my mind was um, how do we know who we're marrying? In the dating process, we meet them, and somewhere between that first introduction and the I do, we're supposed to know who we're marrying. But how do we get to the point to know that person? That's trial and error. Yeah. Isn't that what you do in the court stage is you kind of sit back and watch and see how they react to things and you do things just to see what they would do? Well, what is courting and what is dating? Well, taking her out, seeing what she likes, finding out her, her her do's and don'ts, how far you can go. But what, what is what's the difference between courting and dating? I think dating, dating is well. Go ahead, go ahead, Patrice. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say I think dating is the actual act. You know, you going out on a specific date doing one thing. I think courting is the actual you trying to learn the person about showing us different varieties of things. Okay. Mm. So in other words, um, if we if we try to get to know the person, then we're courting them. Yeah, I don't think so. Mean, I don't I think mean, so. I mean, you want to because at the end result, you're trying to get to them draws. So. Yeah, yeah, but, but I think <laughs> I think courting, the sense of purpose would be for marriage, and dating is you're, you're just kicking it. You know what I mean? I think what you said, dating, you're trying to get some jaws, but I think when it's courting, it's got a bigger objective. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think I think okay. courting is is the process of, of of you've got a goal to be married, and you're trying to sort through you know through the riffraff to find the one that has those qualities. Mm-hmm. Wifey material. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And chances are she ain't going to be up in the club. Oh. You know, uh, funny, um, right after the um, the conference we had, or the, 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 the dinner we had on Saturday night, um, my wife and I, we were staying out at the hotel out there, and and, and Tony and, and his wife, and, and, and we went up went back and just kind of kicked it for a minute, and, and there was a, a lady sitting at the bar by herself. And we kind of got to got to talking for a minute, and found out that uh, she's married and she's having problems, and she was there without her husband. Well, that, you know, we 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 invited her over because I mean, you know, we were, Tony and I weren't just staying at the bar talking to some woman with our wives over in the seats. That wasn't gonna work. 
Mm-hmm. So we invited her to come over and, 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 and speak to our wives. And one of the things that got me about the whole situation is, is, is that a place for a married woman to be without her husband at 1030 at night at the hotel that she's staying at without her husband down at the bar? Yeah, it was, kind of, it was a little deeper than that. It was a Kappa convention. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and they no. was all over the place. Mm. Yeah, they was all over the place. And there uh, wasn't a lot of women there. So, you know, it was, it was uh, you know. Mm. Yeah, but no, I mean, I who would have a problem with their wife in that situation? Everybody. I think everybody would. Yeah, everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody would, but then that goes back to blind trust again. That's right. Now, now her husband, who was in Richmond, was having blind trust that she wasn't going to be at that bar with the Kappa fellas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and she just happened to run into Tony and I, who weren't trying to get in those draws, but probably the other fifty dudes there were. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Well, why is that blind trust then? Why can't it just be, you know, we having problems, she's doing her thing, and I'm doing mine? Um, even, even, even with that scenario that you just mentioned, I don't think that you anticipate your wife just jumping out there because y'all having problems. I think you still anticipate her to be on the, I mean, you still trust her to be on her best behavior until you all making a definite uh, uh, resolution to the problem Like okay we're going to separate If you haven't said okay we're going to separate We're going to divorce Then you're still expecting her to be on her best behavior And vice versa I believe uh, Not I, I wouldn't agree with that It depends on what the situation is In the situation that we're in two different states uh, You know Being ex-military Even if I was mad With the old lady I would uh I would make amends just for the sake of distance. And if you're not worried about the distance, then you, you participate. You, it's almost an anticipation that problems going to happen if you don't clean this up two days before you get underway or two days before you deploy. So if you know your wife is going out of town, certain things need to take place before you leave, and you need to make sure certain things are in order before she, you guys depart from one another. Now, one other, one other thing to throw into this, um, she decided not to drive home, although she could have. She decided not to drive home because not that she was too tired, but she just wanted a break for the night. Mm-hmm. That's her word. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so let me ask you a question. Well, I kind of want to answer was, yours, though. I want to answer yours. Right, now, yeah. you say, so So basically, well, maybe I'll ask you with a question. So basically what you're saying is you have to kind of have an insurance policy. you got to set up an insurance policy for when she goes. Before, before we leave, it has to be something set up to let her know and make her feel comfortable enough to not to embrace conversation with someone outside of you about your guys' problems. That's how I felt about it. And when I asked other guys on the ship, what do they do in, in times like that? They say, you know, the smart man, and these wasn't Christians or, you know, these was just guys on the boat, you know, that were married. 
they, their statement was always make sure home is taken care of before you leave for six months. If y'all have an argument, and if it's that deep, it can wait till you get back. But you guys need to resolve that at least two to four days before you get underway. Because you want to well, leave with a, a sound mind. But, but what if but you yeah, can't resolve it? Yeah, yeah, you say an argument. What if it's not an argument? What if it's just a relationship gone sour? At best, try to resolve or put on, try to resolve it enough to put it on pause until you get back. And if it's unresolvable, then, you know, I'll write you. Or During that time, we didn't have all these uh, these uh, communications that we have nowadays, you know, that they have on the boats. But at, back then, it was like letters, right? I'm going to write you and, you know, just give her an insurance that everything is okay. You're going to be gone for six months. The last thing you want to have is a problem before you leave home. Well, this wasn't a six-month deal. This was she was going out to do some work for one night. Even then. Even then. Even then. If you know you're going to be away from your wife, you have to put down something to let her know, look, baby, we're going to resolve this when we get back. That's the mentality. Even though you're mad and steaming and all upset, you got to, okay, look, let's, let's resolve this. I'll go with you. You know, let's talk about it on the road. Do something because you don't want her to go feeling like she needs company from someone else. Because if it wasn't you and Tony, it was going to be somebody else, like one of those Kappa fellas that walked up to her. And it was, a, it was, going to be, it was probably going to be a different conversation. Well, as a matter of fact, while we were sitting there, did you see that dude come on up, up in her face, Tony? Nah. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so, Darren, what it sounds like to me, and maybe I'm wrong, but what it sounds like to me is that you are you are getting an insurance policy for yourself and not for yes her. yes so you can feel better you can feel better while she's out in the wilderness no thinking you can that you feel did better all, while you out no what I'm saying is you thinking that you're sending her away floating and she's still not coming back. So you think no, that you're really doing your due diligence to, to make her feel like everything's okay when it's really not. So then you, while she's gone, you can feel better about yourself. But the actual not fact really. is that the marriage issues are still there. Yes, the marriage issues are going to still be there. But what you don't want to do is leave an uncomfortable feeling that, you know what, he went out, slammed the door, he didn't kiss me before he left, He's he sped out the driveway and down the street, and you know what? I'm furious. I need to go out here and get me a drink. You don't want that to be the last thing on her mind, and you don't want that to be the last thing on your mind, no matter where you go. You just don't want that scene to be the last one. Now, if you're going to get mad and, and upset and go downstairs, then, you know, come back in two hours and, and try to talk about it. But if you're getting mad and leaving out of the house, that's a totally different, you know, type of scenario there. Well, wouldn't that go for every day when you go to work? Hmm. No, when you go to work, that's different. That's I mean, you're coming back home in eight hours. I'm talking about going out of town, going on deployment, you know, going underway, going away, out of, uh, going away for two or three days. You don't want to leave those kind of doors open. When you're just so, mad, I can call you at work and figure it out from there. So, so, so what you're saying is that we actually have all the control. In our hands. 
We can control yeah. what they do when they're not with us by the way that we send them off. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it control. I wouldn't call it control. I would call it managing your marriage. Uh, maintenance, I would call it. Um, it. It's not control, though. It's just a, a, a security deposit. You know, it's like a... So in other words, like risk I, management. Risk yeah, management. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And Collateral damage. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I get it. I don't get it, but I get it. I mean, I, I, I'm just saying. He, he said going to work, okay? So you got an eight-hour shift, right? Mm-hmm. You got, let's say you have an hour travel time on each side. Or half an hour, mm-hmm. 45 minutes each side, right? So it's potentially 10 hours away from you during okay. the day. Mm-hmm. Within that 10 hours, you got an hour for lunch, mm-hmm. right? What is the difference between a regular work day and going away on a trip? What's the difference? You got 10 the difference hours. is the difference is it's daytime. Another difference is you got the kids there and you know her schedule. Um, if you if you argue and you leave before you go to work, and then you call during lunch or something like that, but, you know enough time to go over the blow over to break the ice, then that's cool. But when they're going out of town and they're traveling, you don't want her or you don't want to be driving with that on your chest, on your mind. And you don't want to be thinking about that. You don't want her to think. You want to her. You want to leave her with an impression that it's resolvable. Gotcha. Gotcha. But what I'm trying to establish here is what's the difference, okay? So you've got a job that she's been going to for five years, and mm-hmm. the same group of guys tell her every day, hey, you look nice. I like that hair. Did you do something different with that hair? Hey, I like that dress you're wearing. Nice shoes, whatever. Hey, what's going on? I don't see you smiling today. What's wrong? Have a bad night at home? You know, all these mm-hmm. things that the other gentlemen at the workplace are doing presenting themselves mm-hmm. as available when you mess up. Okay, that's just a conversation. Versus, you're right. Listen, versus the time when she goes away for the weekend with whoever. I mean, she may entertain those, you know, those uh, flirts and flaunts and, and conversations during that day, but as long as her routine don't change, like if she come home, if she's usually at home at 5 and here there's 9 o'clock, okay, now we got a problem. You know what I mean? but And that's the difference. You know, if you're going to work and all these guys are flirting with her and if she, she's going to come home and not break routine, I got a chance to salvage whatever I messed up the day before. But if I'm going out of town and she got access to a bar or going out to dinner by herself and all these other things, that's, that's opening up the floodgate a little bit, I think. I will tell you one thing. Um, um, with a woman... You're going to be stunned because she ain't going to break her routine. You're not going to have a clue. All right? Because right. women are split. Yeah. Hey, guys. She ain't, going, she, she ain't like a dude that's going, going to you know, be breaking routine and all this kind of stuff. You you ain't going to find this stuff out until way after the, you know, the next dude's got the cookies. I think there's you somebody gotta, trying to talk. Yeah, if you yeah, if you gotta worry about that happening over an argument, you married the wrong person. Absolutely. You put your blind trust somewhere it shouldn't have been. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, uh, just just to, to to wrap this one up, um, this girl's only been married nine months. Was it her mm. second marriage, Tony? Yes. Okay, she's only been married nine months. I mean, she should be still in the honeymoon. Okay, and all she could do was slam her husband. And and the real reason was she actually put her blind trust in him and didn't do her research and dig down to find out, you know, what kind of baggage he was carrying to the altar. Well, that's just, and, that, and that, that was just lying trust. That's just he just lied to her, or wasn't completely honest with her before they got married. And, well, and I, I mean, that's... whose responsibility is it to find out? And would you get married if you hadn't done that that research? Like I said, at at twenty two, you probably would, but at forty two, you still gonna make that choice right. because now you understand the real deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are all a compilation of everything we've been through from when we arrived here up until this point. And if we're just going to marry somebody on blind trust without digging deep to find out, you know, what's in the the suitcases, that's really blind trust. And once you get married, the the suitcases start being unpacked. And you can't Mm -hmm. understand why she's reacting the way she's reacting for some little nonsense that you don't think anything about. Cool. I can usually another voice. Somebody else want to chime in on that? Oh, hello, gentlemen. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Fine. This is Dwayne Shake. Hey, buddy. Um, interesting conversation. Interesting conversation. Um, the whole idea of trust, I think, is important, but trust is really, uh, I don't know if the term blind trust, if I would use that, but trust in and of itself has to be earned. And so, you know, you go into a relationship, you know, you don't just trust somebody after one date. You don't trust them wholeheartedly after two dates. You know, you learn them and you earn uh, trust. And so if that trust is earned and it's built, then they don't have a problem with, okay, they're going someplace. Because mm-hmm. if I trust them and I trust them based on, you know, that trust has been earned, I'm really not worried about them, you know, tripping or doing something. And the uh, example that you were giving with this young lady, uh, trust me, they had bigger issues than that. And whatever issues they had didn't just start when she left that night, when he went on the road that day because that's likely a culmination of things or um, whatever happened that night that caused her to go a need a break was the 15th time it happened or the straw that broke the camel's back. Nobody, for the most part, does that after, you know, one thing. I've been married, well, you guys know, I've been married for 32 years. And so trust, over, obviously, over that period of time is earned. But, you know, after, you know, two weeks, you know, she knew me. I, I mean, she didn't really know me. I was good looking. She was good looking. At least she thought I was. But then after a year, she trusts me enough to say yes to being married. Trust me enough uh, to raise uh, her son as mine. Trust me enough. And then as we grew, you know, 
trust was was uh, was earned on you know on a bigger level. But trust has to be has to be earned, and then you know you can go wherever you're going, and I'm not bothered by it because you know in my in the position I'm in, a lot of things happen. Uh, I'm former pastor, I'm a minister, and so, you know, that opens up a whole lot of doors. Uh, I teach seminars. I'm around women all the time. Mm-hmm. My wife doesn't have any problem with it because, you know, for the most part, you know, she know I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do nothing. And so she knows that now. She knew that maybe after, she didn't know that the first three months, but after she knew me, she knew that because trust was, was built. And when you build trust, you know, these issues going to work, guys flirting, that won't bother you. Because even after arguments, I you know, we have arguments and, you know, I'll get in the car and drive or go down the street because that's how I release, you know, calm down. But we both know I'm coming back home, so it's not an issue. You can do that if you built the trust. Sure. And, and, and you said something interesting, Wayne. You said something interesting in reference to the amount of times that an issue, that it takes for an issue to blow up into something where now you have a trust issue. And you said it didn't happen after one argument. And I think Darren was saying, like, if there's an argument, then you've got to try to smooth the argument out. But you kind of uh, validate the point that I was making. If it's a marriage that's gone sour, then you may have a blind trust issue. Because now and even, it's more, yeah, now it's more than, you know, it's just been built up. So it's not, uh, honey, please have a nice trip, call me when you get there, here's $100, go shopping, whatever. That ain't going to fix it. No, because I'm already, I've already developed that, uh, the thinking that uh, when I went out last time, I came back home and things was funny. Six months ago things was funny, so I'm going to start asking questions. But, again, like you said, it didn't start that night. And then when you let it build up, there be, the trust becomes, or the lack of trust becomes, you know, more problematic. And then sometimes it's not even a trust issue. It's just I'm mad at you and I'm leaving for right now. But if there is no real relationship, communication, uh, trust, once I get out there, if I really, you know, if the relationship is, tight and I'm just mad. Once I get out there, I'm not doing nothing. I'm just mad and I don't want to talk to you right now because I might do something stupid. Good word. But but that yeah, happens well, well, the, know, over time. Well, the point I was I'm trying definitely. to make earlier is I, I was talking about a Band-Aid situation. I was talking about a situation that could that has the potential to blow out of control when a Band-Aid can fix it. Uh, and, and, right. and, and, and I'm not talking about something that's obviously got bigger issues than just an argument about dishes. You know, I was, I was talking about just something that was just, you know, I can resolve this by just saying, you know what, we'll talk about it later. I still love you. You know, let me go to work or, you know, you go out of town, enjoy your trip. I'll call you on the road, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'll probably come down there tomorrow. Matter of fact, let me just pack my bags and go with you. That kind of thing if you're going out of town. Right, and that makes you know. sense because what that does, I mean, I, it makes sense. I don't necessarily know how you would categorize it, but it makes sense because we, you know, we had an argument, and I don't want that to be the last thing on your mind because what happens right. is we continue, 
you know, we can have we have conversations in our mind. And when I have a conversation in my mind about an argument I had with my wife, I'm always right. That's and right. so that conversation is going to continue. If she's gone for three days, you know, mm-hmm. that conversation may continue for three days. And when she comes back, I'm mad her or vice mm-hmm. versa. So that's why it's necessary to leave it on a better um, better terms because you don't want it to escalate. You don't want it to, uh, you know, to evolve into something better, something worse. And it gives each of us time to recognize, well, you know, I could have said it a little bit different. I could have, you know, uh, done so. I could have picked those clothes up. And, you know, that's the argument is about your shoes in the floor, but it really wasn't about the shoes in the floor. It's about you don't care yeah. about me because you always leave them in the floor. Mm. So it wasn't really about shoes. But I'm going to apologize for the shoes, and then when I come back, I'm going to say, okay, I do care about what you do. I know you have a hard job because that's what the real issue is about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we know that, we can, we will deal with the bigger issue, and we will say, you know, we will make sure we leave on good terms. So when we come back, we're in a good frame of mind to handle the real issue. Right. And right. that was a re- there was a bigger issue with that lady uh, at the bar that night. There was a bigger issue. Sure, sure, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and and. And Darren, you know that's 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 a that's a that's a good point. Leave them on a high note. You got this insurance yeah. policy. You're hoping that it will it will pay off. I guess. Right. You know what I'm saying. Um, but I think that there's blind trust anyway. With her going to work, with 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 uh, with us going to work, with her going out with the girls' night out, with men going out, the boys' night out, or whatever the case may be, our activities, there's always blind trust because we don't really know the the condition that we are leaving it in. I didn't catch the beginning of the show. Can you give me a working definition of what you mean by blind trust? Well, you know, we talked about the airplane that went missing and how mm-hmm. the 227 passengers put their blind trust in this pilot or the pilot or the co-pilot. And the family right. members of those people also put their trust in the, the this pilot without really knowing anything about this pilot other than maybe his name, even if they knew that. you know. And then we talked about how many family members are actually putting their blind trust in us to marry their daughter or whatever the case may be, or daughter marry the husband or whatever. So now we're just talking about the blind trust that, 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 that go on within a marriage that we, you know, we trust in the blind, for lack of a better way of saying it. Right. And that is always going to be, I believe, problematic when you just trust without having any, I'm I'm speaking in terms of relationship now, when you have nothing to base the trust on, you know, you go to the bar and the young lady is sitting there and you go say, hey, girl, how you doing? You look really nice. I bet you're a model. You know, uh, I own a modeling agency and we can take some pictures if you come back with me to my place. Now, going back to the place with me, that's blind trust because you don't know me from James Brown. I just sound good and run a good game. But in terms of relationships, we went out. I showed up on time. I paid for the meal. So at least you're going to think for that one day, okay, he's a timely person. He has a job. He has money. Now, you don't know where I got the money from, but, you know, she says, okay, he's got a job. 
he's he, I can trust him to show up on time. Mm-hmm. Now, once I build on that two or three times, then that trust is is built, but it's based on something. It's not just based on desperation. It's not just based on what I want it to be. And a lot of times people trust because that's what they want it to be. No evidence that this guy, this girl is trustworthy, but I'm desperate or I'm horny or I'm whatever I'm in, whatever I am. I just put my blind trust in that. But once we come to know a person, um, and which is what we should do, and, you know, when I uh, deal with couples, when I marry couples, one of the rules is I don't marry anybody that hasn't known each other for a year. Because in my estimation, that's significant time to, you know, to get to know some people. So you don't you don't know nobody in three months, because you know we still we still we still gaming that in three months. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, but giving them time to know and time to develop, in as it relates to this conversation, uh, trust. Sure. So that I have something to base on. That's how my wife knows when I go down the street after we argue, I'm coming back. So would it be safe to say that there's two kinds of blind trust? There's short-term blind trust and long-term blind trust. I think you exhibited the short-term blind trust as I meet you at the bar. Hey, I got a model agency. Come on back and let's take some pictures. You're going to pull out your old Polaroid camera and say, hey, you know what I mean? Right. I'm going to call it a classic, you know. I'm just a a classic kind of photographer. That's why. Exactly. (laughs) Right. <laughs> and then the long term, and, and then the long term is probably what you've already established with your wife. Well, uh, in principle, I would agree with you, but uh, and it may just be semantics. In the long term, I wouldn't term that blind trust because it's based on something. Yes, you're right. Now you got yeah. educated trust. Educated trust. I would educated Factual. trust. Okay, that's a good terminology. Oh, I like that. Can I write that down and put it in my next book? Educated. Do it. I'll, I'll give you credit for it the first time. I'll even give you an autographed copy. <laughs> I like that. Educated trust. Right. So, you have so, to so. educated at some point. So the question really is, um, how do you get that education so you're not walking in blind? Okay. So you're not you're not uh, showing up. Um, you know, out of the blue and, 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 and being shocked, you know, it, it's funny that you said you won't marry somebody after a year. Um, we said, we, we've been sitting down with a couple that met each other and 112 days later said, I do. Okay. And, I mean, the heck that they're going through is crazy because they have no clue who each other were. Exactly. They're not going to know. In three months. Because, you know, again, and you're still putting on the game face. You're still on the good face in three months. You, 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 still, you still got the representative out there. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you're you who they want you to know. Right. And, and you know, one one thing I, I always encourage you to do is to find out how somebody reacts to somebody that has hurt them or that they have perceived has hurt them. All right. right. If they... If they if they um, if they deal with that with with forgiveness, or if they deal with that with with I'm going to pay that person back, or I'm going to cut that person off, one day you're going to be on that list. You're going to hurt them. It's not possible to have a relationship with somebody that sooner or later you don't hurt them. 
Not only that, you have to determine, okay, I'm going to forgive that person, but also I'm going to move on so that I'm not mad at every girl named Sheila. I'm not mad at, you know, every girl named Sharon. Or your name starts with an S and H, so you must be uh, like her also. So I have to overcome. I have to overcome that. And I'm glad you uh, said that because one of the things, and this is something that 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 we have noticed, is that people do not know how to deal with hurts. Okay. Um, and the way most people deal with hurts is sweep them under the rug and move on. And say, okay, I learned that lesson. I'm not going back there. And then they get into a future relationship, and somebody does something or says something that reminds them of that pain. <laughs> and right. their reaction is over the moon because it's bringing back the pain that they haven't resolved from the past. And that's going to impede uh, the trust in the present relationship. Your question was, how do you get that trust? One of the things that has to happen uh, in order for me to trust Cheryl, my wife, I would have had to let go of anything that any other girls negatively have done to me prior to that so that I can trust her on her merits. And so that's the, one of the you know, definite things that has to be done to, to gain the trust. But then you have to, you have to there is sometimes some risk because but how, how do, do I know? How do you let that hurt go? And not well, I, I can. Oh, I, the perspective that I would come from would be um, recognize it, you know, admit it, quit it, and forget it. That's what I would say. Okay, it did hurt me. I know Sharon hurt me, but I do have to come to some point. If I want to be in a relationship with Cheryl, Cheryl's not Sharon. Now that's obviously easier said than done, but that has to be done in order one. To let go for you and from a spiritual perspective everybody's not you know there but from a spiritual perspective I have to forgive Sharon not for Sharon but for me mm-hmm. and so forgive that okay it was wait, wait, done. Wait, wait, wait. what if Sharon doesn't deserve forgiveness what if she she stabbed you in the back and left you for your homeboy it has to be done anyway for me because if I continue to be mad at her, and let's say she's still, you know, in the city, she's still around, I'm going to uh, hold that, and then when my present lady, Cheryl, does something that reminds me of Sharon, I'm going to be mad at Sharon but take it out on Cheryl. So I have to forgive Sharon for me and for the relationship with Cheryl because Cheryl's going to be tripping in front of her. Why are you going off? It was just a dollar over, but I'm thinking about the fact that Sharon stole three hundred dollars from me, and Cheryl got a dollar over budget. You know something, so, Wayne? I, yes, I, I I totally agree with you because when I went through that with my ex-wife, when she did something, I said I would never trust another woman with making this type of decision, whatever it was. Right. And then when my wife, my current wife, came into the picture. And she suggested something, and I said, no, we're not going to go with that. We're going to go with what I say go with. And something in me was just kind of like, you know, uh, pushing her away, like, you know, I don't trust you. I wouldn't dare say it, but this is what I was feeling. I would not trust you because of what the last woman did to me. When I didn't trust her, 
what happened was the exact thing that she said would happen. And she said, well, why didn't you trust me? I said, I think I had to go through this to remind me that you're not the last woman I was with. So ever that's since exactly. then, I, that, and, and that's, that's why I agree with your point, because I had, it, it had to be something, an obstacle that was in my way or a trial or a test that was in my way that tried her and then proved her to be not the other woman. And there's something and that, in the man's yeah. mind. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Whole, no, wholeheartedly, you are absolutely correct. And, you know, again, it's easier said than done, but it, that's one of the things that has to uh, be done. Earlier in our marriage, um, we'd have, uh, as, my, as one of my best, my best friends would say, uh, intense fellowship. He wouldn't call them arguments. He'd have, we'd have intense fellowship. And uh, get angry and, you know, yell. But because my wife had a relationship before where she was hit, she would flinch thinking, I'm going to hit her. i am never hit my wife. But mm-hmm. because the other guy did, and this guy's been dead gone for 10 years at this particular time, but, you know, she would respond that way. But, again, until she recognized and understood, I'm not that guy, and the type of person I am, I would never do that. So, but that had to be learned and, you know, forgiving, taking time to learn. Uh, one, another thing, and uh, I'm going to, until you tell me not to, I'm going to throw a shameless plug out for uh, my book, uh, Some Things to Know About Marriage Before You Have a Wedding. One of the things I talk about in there is that you have to observe. You have to take time to observe, you know, what the person is doing, what they're like. Just because they're so fine, you know, your sense of, you know, your brain just goes crazy because she's pa-da, pa-da, pa-da. You know, she's got everything in the right place. So your brain stops functioning to recognize that she's flirtatious, that she's uh, lazy, that she's whatever, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. But you have to observe. You have to pay attention um, so that you know, okay, she's, a, she's fine, but she's lazy. Now, is that something you want to deal with? Is it, you know, you make that decision. That's not necessarily a, a deal breaker, but is you just know that it is, so you can't get mad two years down the road because you already know she's lazy. But if you never paid attention to certain things, it's like you know, getting mad because you, know, you get with somebody and five years down the road you find out that Reggie is a slob. Well, Reggie was always a slob, but you just thought it was cute. Mm. or whatever the case may be. So paying attention, that helps you. Going back to your original question, that helps you develop the trust. Paying attention. Uh, hey, we're learning I, got a, I got a monkey wrench. Okay, good. Um, and I, I want to and, and hold on. I want to get some other callers involved because we are loaded tonight. So anybody else want to get in, please get in. Go ahead, Andrew. Uh, you want me to speak or you want me to wait? No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Ask your mother. Is it our responsibility to help our wives reveal and deal with their past? I think it's if, if in a in a relationship now. I'm gonna get somebody else. I'm gonna get somebody else. Yeah, I, okay. I want to move it around a little bit. I okay. Move it around. Somebody ahead, else grab that phone. Hey, hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Hey, what's going on? Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Did you say repeat the question? No, I said, yeah. what's up? I was just saying who I was because I don't know if everybody knows my voice. 
Okay. But I think the question was, is it our responsibility to help our wives deal with their past? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I would recommend that we do that before they became our lives. Mm. Okay. So because, you know, if you date a person for three, four years, then she becomes your wife, and now you got to struggle or deal with stuff that happened before y'all got married, uh, that seemed like it would be a bit overwhelming for the relationship. But if we work on these things in a therapeutic session or therapeutic environment before we get married, I think that will be the better thing because then we can go into our marriage strong without having to worry about mistakes of the past coming up. But if they if they are dark past, let me let me just ask this question: If it's a dark past, and you are in love with this woman, but she is not going to you know open this up to you or open this side up to you yet, because she don't know how you're going to take it, even if you deal with that psychology uh, that that psychological part of it, would that still be an issue if you still decide to marry her? Because it doesn't go away overnight. Well, when you say dark past, I mean, I think for me personally, I don't know exactly what you mean by dark. Like, can you give me an example of dark past? Um, like, um, an abusive, an abusive relationship, or abusive childhood when when they were molested, or well, um, you know, things of that nature. Things that well, that's long term, and it's not their fault, but you you take on the challenge because you love this woman. That's something that's not, I don't think, I don't know for sure, um, but I don't think that's something that can be worked out overnight or before you make the decision to get married to her in six months or, or not. And my, I might be wrong. I don't know. No. Okay. But I got what you're saying by your examples. And, I mean, I still think some of those things should come up before marriage. I mean, I got a dark past. And within six months of me meeting somebody, I've shared Ninety percent of my dog past because mm-hmm. I don't want to even date you for three years and then I say, well, oh, by the way, you know, we be out to dinner and I see a female, oh, where you know her from, and I got to tell the story of how I got angry one day and busted out her car window. You know, <laughs> I, I, I want to avoid all that at all costs. So I try to make my dog past as upfront as I can. As soon as I can, and as soon as I feel it's the right time to do it, you know, because I don't want you to marry me, and then you find a journal that I wrote 20 years ago about sex addiction and me, and then you got questions. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, why didn't you tell but me about does that? Hinder, does that hinder the chances of you being with that woman or that man? Does that hinder the chances of you guys progressing in your relationship? I wouldn't say it hinders it. It might put a slant on it because now there are things that I thought I knew everything about you, but obviously you kept this part a secret. So now the question is, well, what else are you hiding? Okay. And also I think it's going to make a difference. For you, Tony, on, on what he just said, okay? Sure. I got a good buddy of mine that way before he met his, and this is his second wife, but even before he met his first wife, he got a girl pregnant. Um, she had a baby and moved away from him. And he, mm-hmm. and he knows he has a son and has never told his present wife. Mm. Mm. Now, now and about very two years ago, this son, who is now, I guess, in his 30s, um, has been looking for him and tracked down his mama. Ooh. 
and he still wow. won't divulge this to his wife. Hmm. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah, now, 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 that, now that, I mean, the time to do that was when they first got together. He's been with his wife 19 years now. 19 years? 19 years. What is that, though? I mean, is that is that uh, the kind of thing that you, and we may get to this in a minute, the kind of thing that you hold back, that bit of information. I think we all have, every one of us on this call, I'd gamble and say we have one thing that maybe we should have said that we didn't say because of the way it would be received. So we kept it. One of them things that you're going to take to your grave and your wife don't know. Is that one of those things? That may be difficult for that to be one of the things because that can be found out. That can have a, an effect on the present relationship. Some of the stuff that, you know, that may be taken to your grave type things, uh, may be things that, okay, they won't be found out and, you know, whatever it is, it's not going to have an effect on my present relationship. It's just something that was, you know, embarrassing. But sure. that's something that, you know, can affect. And as you said, this young man is looking for. And so if he looks hard enough, he's going to find. And so that's the type of thing that, you know, can have a, uh, can be problematic. And then there's a reason why this guy is not telling his wife. Um, that's something she said she wouldn't deal with. Or he already told her he didn't have any, and this would prove he's lying. Or, you know, whatever the case may be. But there's a reason why he's not, you know, uh, sharing this uh, with her. But, you know, whatever those things are, just, you know, in general, coming to, you know, the, the stuff in the past. It can affect the relationship depending on what it is and when you tell. Now, obviously, first date, you're not going to say, well, I got three kids and I was in jail for 10 years. You're not going to say that, you know, after you pay the check the first day. But so timing is important. Dwayne, Dwayne, let me ask yeah. you this question. What if, you know, you're in, you, you have a past, like I, I was in jail for 10 years and, you know, I'm reformed and, uh, and also I have – herpes or I caught it while I was in jail or, you know, does that person um, deserve that privacy um, at at some point and just reveal it later on because, and, and, the, and their excuse would be, you know, I just wanted to, you to get to know me first before you start judging me because a lot of us, we know that before we go into these banks, we're judged by our credit scores. Yep. You know, and if you if you if you're if you're talking to a woman, she's going to, when she when, if you give her your history, she's going to judge you based off of that history and not off of who you are now. Like Chris said, he got a dark past. He bust the windows out of a woman's car, but when do you disclose that? When you disclose it is when one. What is this relation going to? Is it just? you know, somebody to go to the movie with on Friday night, or do I, am I intending to have a long-term future with this person? If it is, then I have to make this known. But after we've developed a relationship and developed some trust so that when I do tell her, she has something to measure it against because, you know, the first three weeks, first month, Oh, you did that, so you're going to do again. Or you're this type of person. She has nothing to, to balance it out with. So well, in terms well, of time, it's going to be whenever 
that however long we've been seeing each other and she has something else to balance that against. But if it's a long-term okay. relationship, definitely I would say tell her. Well, hold on. Okay, hold someone on. else. Hold on. Hold on. You use the word relationship. Now, I don't know in what definition of the word relationship you're using, but you say if it's going to become a relationship or if it's become a relationship, then mm-hmm. at that point you should say something. But I kind of disagree because if it's heading toward the girlfriend-boyfriend thing, then before we become that, you should know that I was that I spent a thousand dollars on sex every week for six for three years. You should know that. You so know, before the first know. sexual encounter, well, oh, you said was that my first sexual encounter? No, no, no. I'm saying should that be disclosed before the first sexual encounter? Or should that be disclosed at the time that you decide to have a long-term relationship? Well, I think the sexual encounter shouldn't come until you decide to have a long-term relationship. Well, that's what we all say. That's textbook. I'm talking about reality. (laughs) (laughs) Again, that's going to depend on, you know, you as uh, an an individual. Is it going to be, you know, the sex is not going to come until, you know, we decide this is going to be it. Again, that's going to depend, you know, on the individual and by relationship, you know, okay, I'm you, I'm with you and you with me. And, you know, we're working towards, we call each other every other day and we go to dinner every Friday and, you know, we, it's you and me. That's, you know, relationship. And so I would, uh, I would agree with what you just said that, you know, those are things that need to be revealed so that, especially if you're going into, you know, an intimate relationship, uh, thing, you know, obviously, you know, with herpes or whatever, uh, going into uh, that needs needs to be needs to be known, you know. But if we're, you know, if we're going into a long-term relationship, uh, and then after any significant amount of time, there's going to be some disagreement, and so at some point, she's going to know that okay, you've got a temper. So, but I'm not going to bust the windows out the cars anymore. I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But me, she'd have to come to trust me before I, you know, before I know that, before she knows that, so that she doesn't already think, okay, you did it six years ago, so you're gonna do it again tonight, right? Well, okay, I don't know because it depends on how the conversation come up. I mean, exactly. like I need, a, I need a male focus group once a month, and I've sat down with females and I said, you know, well, you know, this focus group that I need, yada yada. Well, what got you into that? Oh, then I tell the story how I used to be abusive to women. They seem to respond better to it when they come that way instead of me saying, yeah, you know, I used to be on women, but I'm better now because I need a male focus group. Okay. So it, it, depends on, it depends on how the conversation comes across. Right. You know, and I find for me, saying something positive, you know, this is what I do, and this is why I do it, as opposed to dropping a negative and saying, you know, as a result of that, this is what I do now, so I am better now, believe me. Right. Yeah, I want okay. I want to I want to go back if I might and um you know drop a monkey wrench on you know what the brother said about herpes. And you know when you meet a woman and is is there a sort of uh blind trust if the two parties don't get uh their STD test um and again, I'm not talking about using a condom or not. Uh, what I'm referring to is that is there some sort of level of blind trust when you lay down with a woman that 
you haven't seen her STD test results. Mm. I I think that um, that is one hundred thousand percent blind trust at that point. And then you are judging a book by the cover because you may say, oh, she looked clean. Mm-hmm. She got a clean house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I don't see nothing visible. This is a wash and floor is vacuum. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't but see that. So, you know, and I want to hit mean, it. Go ahead. Yeah, and this happens often because you know, like you said, I mean, you're looking, you know, you're looking at the, the, the cover of the book, but you don't have any knowledge until the, the test is completed what she has, you know, um, until, un, you know, unless that test is completed. So, you know, that that's a major level of blind trust, and you really, um, you, you're, you're playing with your life, you know, at, at that point. And and, and and Rodney, um, it's even deeper than that. And let me tell you why I say this. They say that men know that they have an STD before women because we may have a discharge. And we're just talking about, we're not talking about the big bad boys. We're just talking about basic, uh, I guess, gonorrhea, syphilis, things of that nature. We may have a yeah. discharge. So the woman may not even know that she's burning. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. we're putting blind trust that she know what she got. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> she may not even know. Mm. You know. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. So what do you do at that point? What do you do at that point when you are in that relationship, and we're talking about herpes here, because that obviously shows up um, as one of our other shows we, we, we did, um, that obviously shows up in a, at a later time. Um, what do we do if she didn't know she had it and it shows up in you after you decide to get into a long-term relationship with it? Where do the relationship go from there? Mm. That's a great well, question. Well, I mean, it, 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 if she didn't know... I mean, there's going to be a trust factor there for a little bit, but um, I think at that time, as a lot of people I know who um, connected to, like, the HIV virus, and it wasn't through, you know, sex. It was through, you know, transfusion or something. But they ended up educating themselves, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't that, oh, you got it, now I'm out. It's like, let's educate ourselves, let's figure this out. They got drugs now that will keep whatever those little numbers at low so that you can do things and then, you know, know when you can't do stuff when stuff flares up. So there is people that's going through that. There's a whole lot of people that's going through that right now. So um, I think it's just more of educating yourself and being comfortable with your partner than just running all the time. Yeah, and you talk about hey, education. Now, if it came from cheating, that's a different story. Hmm. Yeah, you, you talk about educating yourself. Um, is that a level of blind trust? You know, when you when you talk to the, talking about how they've done this research or that research, saying that you can do this and and you won't infect your partner. You know, with the whatever the STD or the, the disease is, 
Is that a level of uh, blind trust, you know, to, to trust the doctors and the, and the research and the studies? Because um, I'm sure there there's some flaws in it, you know. I don't think it's foolproof because if one person has a disease, I'm sure it's uh, contagious and, and, and can be uh, passed along, you know, to another person. So, you know, is that a level of blind trust when you say, well, the doctor and the research says on this day or 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 when these signs are, are less visible that I won't get it? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, I mean, what, what, what kind of... I mean, are we having sort of a blind trust in the in the the medical piece of that? You know, to go forward. Um, I think at that point, go ahead. It doesn't have to be. It can be, you know, the educated trust because now I can. You say it's not going to show up for six months because of ABC. Well, I can go to Google and Google the Stanford study, to Google the Chicago study, and see if it matches what you say. So then. My trust at that level is educated trust. Because but I don't think I don't think I don't think the education uh, will hurt you by trying anything. If you got something, <laughs> I can just imagine those that have anything was like, look, man, if I got to eat twenty oranges a day, and it says I got to <laughs> right, eat twenty right. oranges a day to get rid of this thing, you don't care where the help comes from. You just trying right. to receive the help so you can get rid of whatever you have. How many oranges have you had today, buddy? <laughs> I got a money I think, um I want to throw in here. How do you uh, how do you trust someone to raise your children um, in a step parenting situation? Mm, that's a good one. So that was one of my questions. That's, that's, that's a good, good question. Yeah. I can't answer. I, I'll leave that to the floor. Well, I, I, I'm in that situation. Go go ahead. Yeah, I am too. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Whoever's in it, speak on it. No, I'm, I'm in that situation, you know, uh, and 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 I have to. I married a woman, my wife. She, her kids was grown when we uh, got together, and my kids were adolescents. And I had to trust her because I had two jobs at the time, and I had to trust her. And when I came home, the kids would say, "Well, she said this, and she did this, and she did that to us," and then I would confront her. And then she said, I did nothing of a sort. Long story short, she had to download something on her phone, like a recorder, and actually record conversations because I didn't believe her. Because these are my kids. They wouldn't lie to me. They came from my first marriage, and I'm their father. And, you know, know, we have a rapport, and I raised them better than this. You know, I raised them in the church, and I raised them to fear me when it comes to lying. And they wouldn't lie to me. So now I got this woman, and I'm separating the two now. I'm separating us from her, not knowing that I was doing that, but I was separating us from her. And she had to go to the extremes of recording the arguments, the way they spoke to her when I wasn't there, um, the way they uh, the way they act when I wasn't there, and all these things that she said that they were doing – I almost defended them in that in that way and 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 she would tell me, you know, we I can't stay in a situation where I have to watch my back on both sides. You re- you married me um because you trusted me. 
You married me because you trust me with your kids, and you married me because I hope you love me and I'm first in your life. Even though these kids were here before I was, I am here now, and you and I are one, supposedly. So, But what I'm feeling from you is not that. So when she had to go to the extremes, and I told her I believed her, but really, did I? I don't think so. When she played that recording to me, I actually heard my children for the first time uh, be deceitful people, almost broke up my marriage. So um, as I quoted in my book, your second marriage has the very best chance of not working out mm. when children are involved. Wow. The devil makes sure of that, you know, because I had no idea. If, you if I wouldn't have heard that recording, I would have to this day swear down that my, my wife was lying to me. And I almost, I mean, she almost left because of that. Whose idea was it to get the recording, hers or yours? She, it was hers. She told me to put video cameras in the house. I said, I am not recording putting video cameras in this house. You know, that's extreme, and it costs like $600 to put four in here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she started looking at those apps, and um, she's found the app that, that records, and she played the recording for me as she starts going. When I came home, she said, hey, this is what happened. And the kids were just like, no, that's not what happened. That's not what I said. And she let them bury themselves. And then when she pushed play, it mm-hmm. all came out. Mm-hmm. I think that – I got a question to ask in here. For those that are step-parents, um, if, uh, how would your spouse rate your relationship with, with their children? Well, now my wife will relate my relationship, again, we're talking 32 years down the line. As a matter of fact, today is my son's birthday, as a matter of fact. Um, and we've never, one of the things that we've done, we've never used the term stepson. And so uh, today is, is my son's birthday, and, you know, she would relate it, you know, great now. My son would hurt somebody over me now. Um, but, you know, that took obviously some time because, um when I came along, my son was five years old. And so, you know, in the beginning, she would not have related it too well, rated it too well because, you know, I had some issues, but also there was issue of, you know, what are you doing to my son? And now I'm raising a boy to be a man. And he had been around his mother, his aunt, his grandmother for most of the time. So you can imagine what issues I had to deal with. And so mm-hmm. the problems of that raising uh you know, dealing with man stuff, she couldn't, you know, deal with. So she would not have rated it uh, too high because she wasn't. She wasn't, didn't know what I was doing. A particular incident, I, you know, I think I told you all once before. I was teaching my son how to catch. We was playing catch, and he'd always flinch when he, when the ball came to him. And I said, "What's wrong?" He said, "I'm scared of it." So I told him, "You know, you in control. Catch it, and it won't hit you." You know, and so I was throwing the ball to him, and he's still flinching. So everybody on this phone know what I had to do. So when I did that, she got upset because, you know, what you doing hitting my baby with the ball? <laughs> he, not dead, he not dead. And, you know, everybody on this phone know that wasn't about catching the ball. It was about something much bigger. But that's right. That's right. had to do that so that we could overcome that, but the methodology wasn't something that she approved of. 
at the time. So those are the problems that you uh, can get into when you're, you know, raising, uh, when you're into blended families. The methodology, mm. how you're going to do certain things, uh, the trust has to be developed. Because are you, are you trying to hurt him or are you trying to toughen him up? You're trying to teach him to conquer things or you just don't like him. Mm-hmm. And so having, you know, those issues and then having issues with, uh, with my son because he didn't understand certain things. His mm-hmm. biological father didn't have nothing to do with him. And I didn't learn this till later, but my wife kept telling me some part of the problems he had with me is he couldn't understand how I could love him unconditionally and his biological father didn't want to have nothing to do with it. So he took that wow. out on me because he didn't understand it. Sure, sure. But wow. that level of trust has to be developed. You have to go through some things. You have to listen to some uh, tapes and get your feelings hurt. You have to hear somebody say, you're not my daddy. Uh, oh, yeah. Unfortunately, those are some things you have to go through so that they'll learn, okay, yes, I am. I am your daddy. I taught you how to drive. I taught you how to tie a tie. I taught you how to change a tire. I am your daddy. And so good words, that's, good words. How, that, that's how that comes. Good words. Anybody else on that? Try to answer that question? Yeah, I can say something on that one. Um, I'm going to tell you something, man. That's one of the most difficult things in the world is to raise somebody else's child. When the mom is truly, when the mom is not truly on board with it in the beginning, because they think that you're trying to put them in a position to make them call you dad or to make them do things that they don't feel comfortable doing. So when you say that I am your dad, you know, I mean anybody, anybody can father a child, but everybody can't, you know, uh, um, take care of a child. I mean, all my children are. Uh, not my biological man, so I went through that thing for a long time, and uh, and still to this day, um, my, the oldest one still calls me Brian. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And for me, as an older gentleman, that's always been disrespectful to me, you know, because when I came up to call me outside of, you know, I mean, I, I would rather you, you know, just call me sir. <laughs> It might not sound mm-hmm. like, but right. when, they get, when they when they get to that place where they feel like they don't have a desire or a need to do that because you don't want to force them because then it becomes a major issue with the person that you're with. You know, right. so I won't do that for a long time, man. Well, let and, me ask you a question, uh, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, let me ask you a question. Is mm-hmm. were they already like twelve, fifteen, no. seventeen? Oh, no, they were. No, when I met her, when I met her, uh, my son was one, one on two, and her daughter was seven, going on eight. So when, so when, when, when they called you Brian, because the, the, that's the issue that I had. You know, my children would call her Miss Cynthia, and then it was in respect. But when they decided yeah. to call her mother you know, the problem became very stressful because they was receiving something from their uh, natural mother um, mm-hmm. that that was a wrong thing to do, and they felt guilty about it. So mm. when 
when the age hit, you know, because my wife's kids were at 16 and 17 when they met me. Uh-huh. They don't like me, and I don't like them. Right. So, and that's and that's cool because we know where each other stand. But yes. the problem came is when I tried to raise, well, when it was time for me to raise my grandson, and that stigma that I didn't like them bled off to an understanding that I wouldn't treat him right. Mm. Now, does does that kind of bleed off into how you treat her kids just because the one who called you Brian, um, do you treat him differently than you mm. do the ones that call you daddy? No, I continue to show them all the same kind of love to let them know that the love that I have for them was not conditional. I actually, I actually sent, I actually sent, you know, her to uh, the college with my money. Okay, <laughs> and mm. and when she when she was in the hospital, they called me to come get her. You see what I'm saying? When something mm. was wrong in the school, they called me to find out what was wrong in the school. Okay. So so yeah yeah the, the the thing about it was and I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you something that I did that really kind of kind of reeled them in a little bit. What I did was any time they had a function, any time they had anything like for graduation, or high school, college, anything, I always explained to them. I said I said one thing I can never do is take the place of your father. Okay. But I've been a dad to you all your life. You know what I'm saying? Because the responsibilities of that dad, um, you know, it's 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 mine. Because when I married married your mother, ultimately you became my responsibility. Because when your mom left your dad, I mean, or your father, he said he didn't want anything else to do with y'all because of that reason. So he just owned well, his did, children. Hmm? Well, when your when your wife hurt her daughter. Or you guys' daughter called you Brian? Did she oh, do any correcting at all? Negative, not at all. As a matter of fact, it became an issue to the point where we almost, you know, separated went our own way because, you know, I just thought it was disrespectful. I thought basically, you know, you should come to a place where I said, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable with a child calling me Brian, okay? And um, I wasn't comfortable with that at all. Um, but what was her and, opinion about it? Um, you know, I think her her opinion was is that I should let I should let the the children come to a place of when okay. they feel comfortable of calling me or, or or calling me or whatever they felt like calling me, then that would happen. Okay. You know. Okay. And yeah, yeah, but you know, it's like it's like twenty years later, and I'm still Brian. <laughs> so both of them, the girl and the, the girl that the girl and the boy call you Brian. No, 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 no. My son called me dad. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, I never had a problem out of him. You know what I mean? So she never did. So she never did come to one accord or stand no. the ground with you and say, no. "Okay, if you can't call him dad, if you're not going to call him dad, at least call him Mister Bryant." Yes, and then no, it never came to that. It never okay. came to that at all. And and but what I always did was is that I said, I always tell him. I said, I can never take the place of your dad. I said, but one thing I want you to always do. I said, if you have a graduation, if you have a function, if you have anything, I want you to always invite your dad and your father and tell him about your functions. So if he wants to come and support him, that he will be there. You know what I mean? I said, do not ever forget to tell him, I mean, to do that. Because I don't want them to be in a place where when they get older, they felt like, oh, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, I didn't invite him, you know, or have any guilt on themselves. 
and right. all the time he he never showed. He never he never he never took any part. Matter of fact, I've met him twice, and I've been married almost twenty years. Mm. Mm. You're a good man. Yeah, I met him twice. You're a good dude. Yeah, so I mean, I've been taking care. You know, I'm not gonna see his children. They're my children. You know what I'm saying? Regardless, right? Mm. Right. You know, so so yeah, in essence, in essence, that's the way it's been. It hadn't changed, and it would never change, man. Regardless of uh, you know circumstances or what you feel or what you say, you know. So what I did show him was is that regardless of where you are or how you feel, you know, I'm still going to take care of you regardless, you know. So, yeah, I, I went through it for a long time, and I went through it with my mother for a long time. So but it's interesting, and, man, very interesting. It almost came and to the divorce because of it. And that's a long road, a uh, long road, and, some, and it can be, you know, painful uh, road. But Absolutely. you have to, and as you just said, you have to keep on showing that you have to keep on and, you know, it'll... Keep on loving, man. Keep on loving. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You have to keep on loving. And at my uh, graduation, uh, my, my graduation, when I got mm-hmm. uh, one of my... When I got when I, my, grad, my college graduation, my son came. We were standing in line getting ready to, you know, to walk in and all these people around. My son walked up to me and kissed me. Yeah, right there. And so, right there. And so it's like... Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Now, he doesn't call me daddy. He calls me Rev. I'm cool with that because he treats me as, now, when he introduces me, he says, this is my father, this is my mother. Mm -hmm. And it's so much so whereby, you know, I was at a function one time. We were at a a funeral uh, where he was speaking, and I was speaking. I was speaking, you know, over the the person that passed away, about the person that passed away, and my son... (laughs) Uh, had been, you know, in the rap game for a little while, and his friends, you know, know him that way. And then after church, uh, one of his friends came up to me, and he had heard me speak, and he said, okay, now I know where your son gets his rhymes from, basically mm-hmm. saying. And this guy didn't know that I'm not his biological father. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. But right. saying mm-hmm. there is something connecting you all. Yeah. And because, for all intents and purposes, I am his father, and the same thing with exactly. you. Exactly, and, so, and that's, that's a rough road to go, but you know it pays off. Yeah, and that's and that's a good point. I think I talked to Andrew one day, and I told him I said, I don't know if it was Andrew, and I told somebody now. My son, he sent me, um, he sent me a text about a month ago, about two months ago, and you know, some sometimes children just truly don't know how to express themselves or, or say things. But what he right. did was he sent me a he sent me a text. He said, Dad, uh, this is just a random text. And I said, random text. I said, when children don't know what to say, they just come up with anything. He said, it's a random text. <laughs> and he said that uh, that I just want you to know how much I appreciate you and how much you're always on my side and 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 how you always you know you know have me have me in your heart you know to you know to to help me out with whatever it is that I'm dealing with. And I just want to say that I appreciate you. Thank you. You know what I mean. And, you know, mm-hmm. he, and, he, and he sent me that, you know what I mean? And and I, I sent him a text back. I said, man, that's what I do. Mm. <laughs> I, now, how, did that make you, how did that make you feel oh, when yeah, that happened? Right. It was great, yeah. man. So it, it made great. up for, you know, all the other stuff. All the other stuff. And, you know, and, and tomorrow, we, you know, we're hanging out tomorrow. We're going to the, uh, the Wizards and the Suns game, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm saying, okay. but even with my daughter, I mean, like right now, I mean, She's 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 more receptive than she's ever been. I think now that the realization of her actually moving out and being on her own 
and not having the comfort of of others always being around them. Now, now she's very dependent, and she has you know a lot of good things where. All the time that you know we were around, you know I might get a hug from her once in probably about ten years, but every day that I come up there, I get a hug, I kiss, I miss y'all, and blah blah blah. But you know, some things, sometimes circumstances change where they are when they realize there you go. how much, how much, how much they've been protected. You know what I mean? Right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. 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 Yeah. <laughs> let me um, let me change directions a little bit, and and great flow, y'all. Great flow. Great flow. I want to talk about walls. And I want to talk about walls um, that are put up before you, walls that somebody else may have built, you know what I'm saying, and that aren't dealt with. You know what I mean by walls, like a woman will have this wall up, and you're trying to get through the wall, but you can't. You don't know why, you don't know who built it, you don't know what's the, the, the history of this wall, but you can't you can't get around this wall. Yeah. Okay, so the question I want to ask is, can can a person effectively bring a wall into a marriage and work around it? No. No way. No way? Because, no, because if you, I mean, you can, but if you, you truly have to deal with those walls before you get married, man, because if you find out about the walls after the fact, man, then you've got to deal with all the issues they've been carrying all that time. And, and that you haven't resolved even before you got married, man, because we get caught up on we get caught up on the physical and we're thinking about hitting hitting that thing, right? Rather than rather than, you know, finding out what's what's been happening in this person's life, what they've been dealing with, who hurt her, who did this, who that, who did that, and then they put walls up and they hide them. And then and then and then you try to bring those walls down, man, and the next thing you know, you're gonna suffer the repercussions of whatever that was they were dealing with before because you didn't deal with deal with it in the beginning. Well, I don't, I don't quite agree with, with that because um, if walls are up and they're the closest thing to you as far as the marriage is concerned, you're going to eventually see or have some kind of result or fallout if you have a wall up or if she have a wall up. They can't hide that forever, and especially if they plan on being with you forever. It's either going to come through a dream, come through some kind of stress, to come through some kind of, you know, if you cook something wrong and and you burn it and you're laughing about it or she burns something and you're laughing about it, that's going to come out if you start quirking out, you know. Um, and a duplication point, uh, I think I said this before, uh, I did not know my wife used to smoke weed until she quirked out because of something simple one day. I said, wait a minute, you used to be so smooth and so cool when we were dating, I thought that this was—I thought that I was not marrying another dude type cool, but I just thought that you were so mellow. What what happened? I mean, I just didn't take out the trash, and it's not even filled up all the way. What is your problem? <laughs> it ain't even trash day, huh? <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, you know, I missed it one day. So what's right. what's the deal? And she finally told me because it, it had been like just just inserts of working out, you know, I'm like, what is your problem? And she finally told me, you know, something that she tried to keep, you know, keep clean, keep away from me because she know my clearances, you know, it's predicated off of my job. And she tried to keep it from me because, you know, she didn't want me to get in any kind of trouble or herself questioning and all that, so on and so forth at my five-year update. And so she uh, finally told me, 
okay, look, I need me, I, I, I mean, maybe I need going through withdrawals, but, you know, I've been trying to keep this from you, and I used to smoke weed, and, you know, and I haven't had one, you know, since I've been, you know, with you kicking it like this real hard. And this has been a year after okay. our marriage, and she finally had to tell me that, hey, I kirk out because maybe I'm going through withdrawals. I used to be on, you know, I used to smoke weed before we got together, and that used to keep me mellow. I used to have a joint before you came over. I was like, well, why didn't I smell it? So I'm I'm buzzing out because I didn't I didn't know, and then I'm tripping because she didn't tell me. And then now I'm trying to intrigue on, you know, hey, well, maybe you need to smoke some more weed because you're tripping. Hey, but Darren, I don't know if that's a wall. I, I don't know if that's a, that's a, a wall. wall. Well, something that's that not keeps, a wall. I would look at a wall keeping, keeping me away from something, uh, keeping me uh, thinking that she's protecting me from something, but it's causing more harm than good. And I thought that was a wall. Uh, it felt like a wall to me because I didn't. That's something that she tried to keep from me, and, and, and she couldn't because of a wall. I'll give you a wall. I'm going to give you a wall. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you a wall. A wall is the person that you married was sexually assaulted. Thank you. Okay. That's at one particular time, yeah, at one particular time she was sexually assaulted, and she's mm-hmm. been dealing with it the best way that she can, but she wants to move forward with the relationship with you. But she's got yeah. this wall up about getting comfortable with you sexually. That's a wall. That's but that's going to show. That's going to manifest itself at some no point reason. in time. That I, I don't think that they can cover that, especially if you know. Hey, let's play this little game. You know, I want to get a little rough with you tonight. That's going to come out. You're going to see. It's going to be a shift in behavior where you're going to be able to tell something is not right from this time to the last time. Is am I bothering you, or why are you so scared, or why are you so so jittery, or why are you so why are you shaking up? Something is going to ha- it's going to be a behavior modification somewhere for you to be able to tell that something is not quite right. So they can't hide that for a long time. I do well, that would, they can't. That would be true with just about any wall, even in your earlier in the show. Um, is it our responsibility to help our wives reveal and deal with their past? Absolutely, hundred percent. And and that's where the wall that's where the walls come from. The fact of the matter is, you know, somebody she dated before used to smack her, used to beat her, but she never told you about dude that used to beat her. And then all of a sudden, you touch her wrong one day, man, and you want to know why she's curging out on you. And you like, oh damn! Then whenever they decide to tell you the truth, you're going to have to deal with it until then. Like Andrew say, you need to deal with it before. But his wall, but his, but but Tony's question was. Can you restate your question about the wall, Tony? Can a person effectively bring a wall into a marriage and work around it? And the answer is yes. And you say you don't think so, but you have to be able – you're going to have to work around that wall, or is it going to be a problem every time? You know, like you just stated, when my wife, when I first pulled – you know, when we first got together, I tried to put a piece of hair out of her eye, and she flinched like I was going to – like she – I mean, I jumped, she flinched so hard. So I said, what's wrong with you, you know? And she's like, what's wrong with you, you know? And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just trying to figure out why you jumping, you know? So that was, we we had to work around that. 
to to now she discussed it with me, and I said, okay, until you feel comfortable, you know, just let me know, because we have to talk about these issues, or I'm gonna always think something is wrong, or I'm gonna think something is wrong. So you have to effectively work around these walls that Tony is talking about. You have to work around, or, or else she's not gonna be fixed. Go ahead. I think eventually, yes, okay, you're gonna work around it, but eventually it's going to have to be dealt with because you're going to try to figure out why are you flinching or why are you wigging out or, like I said, with, you know, with my wife, you know, why are you flinching? You think I'm going to hit you? Well, then I understand now that I know, you know, but eventually, okay, we're working around them, but eventually we've got to knock them down because mm-hmm. can't go through 20 years of flinching, can't go through 20 years of, you know, you. I touch you on your leg and you go crazy because right. your uncle molested you. So we've got to, you know, eventually all walls are going to be made known if you're paying attention because there's a reason why you're flinching, why you're yelling, why you're whatever it is that you're doing. And right. so I've got a question for you to, to tie into that. Um, sometimes we don't understand those things, and our reactions actually hurt and crush our wives, okay? Yes. Because yes. we don't know... We think they're reacting to us. We have no idea. We don't look through those eyes of, okay, this is an issue that stems back before I even knew you. And our reactions are, look, woman, suck it up. What's your problem? And we end up hurting them and pushing them further behind the walls. Yeah. What are you doing reading my mail, man? What are you doing, what you doing, what are you doing reading my mail? We have revelation of, you know, <laughs> we haven't been sensitive enough to understand what they've been dealing with. <laughs> and go. I say, why you read my mail? Because uh, I just – got on this phone, but you're describing the first two years of my marriage because wow. what would happen is uh, we'd have, you know, intense fellowship, and she would flinch, think I'm going to hit her, and then eventually she let me know what was, ma- what was going on, and because I was young and stupid, I responded the wrong way instead of saying, oh, well, he was the wrong guy, and I love you. I'd never do that. I would get mad because I know I'm not going to hit you, and how dare you think I'm going to do that? Wrong reaction. Wrong response. Yeah. But like I said, I was 24 and stupid. And so yeah. that, 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 in, that impedes the healing because now we've got two problems. I've shown insensitivity, and then whatever it was that we were arguing about the first place never gets solved because now we're arguing about the fact you think I'm going to hit you. So how you did you deal with that when you realized how much it hurt her from your reaction. Oh, I apologize, and I recognize, okay, this is why she's doing this, and I have to deal with that and, and, and finding a better way of letting her know that I'm not going to hit her, not getting mad because she thought I was. That was my first reaction, but now it's not about me because before it was about me. How dare you? I know me. I'm not going to do that you know, getting uh, insulted and defensive. But changing my, my, my focus, the focus is not on me, it's on her and us. So I had to change my focus. Hmm. Can I say something right quick? Uh, it's kind of off subject, but I just appreciate the fact that there are men talking on the radio and showing some good side of black manhood because if you read the paper, if you listen to some folk talk, we ain't no good, we sitting at home lazy, we chasing skirts, we doing all this stupid stuff. And I just appreciate the fact that, yeah, there are some real brothers here doing the right thing for the right reason. 
And mm-hmm. but you know, this won't be on CNN. They won't talk about this on the View. There's some righteous brothers, and so whoever's listening, you need to talk about this in the beauty shop. Talk about this in the barber shop. Talk about this at the dinner table at the family reunion instead of some of the other stupid stuff. Because there's some real <laughs> brothers out here. I, I just had Thank to get that off my chest. Appreciate it. We appreciate it. Yeah. So, what are the what are the other things, man? I mean, we talked about that wall, that wall. But do we have walls as men that we bring into marriage that we may not disclose, that we may not have dealt with? Yeah, most definitely. Oh yeah. I know I I did. (laughs) Don't read my mail no more, brother. I love you, but don't read my mail right now, please. I can't take I can't take two of them tonight. Hey, I, I got a question. I got a question. I mean, and I'm glad that question came up. But um, which one? And I got to ask uh, the one you just asked about. You know, you brothers go- bringing walls into the relationship. You gonna answer it? Okay. Well, uh, you I, gonna I answer it with to... a question? You're <laughs> well, so, gonna Socratic I, on us. <laughs> I just need some help. I just, I just need, I just need some help with this one. That's, that's all. I need some help with this question because it's the. Uh, is, is you don't know how to help someone who bring in a wall as big as um, uh, being molested by another man. So if I'm talking, if I'm giving counsel to a brother who's been who's married and he's and he had been molested by another man when he was younger, uh, something beyond his you know control, uh, now is is pain into his relationship with his uh, his wife. But she doesn't know, and he don't want to tell her in fear that it might get out that he don't. I mean, it took him a long time to tell me, but in fear that she may not uh, respond to him the same as, you know, as it been over the last seven months. Uh, and, he, and he is um, he's in this relationship, and he loves his wife, but um, I think he has homosexual tendencies. He didn't tell me that part yet. But, you know, it changed him, he said. He said it physically and mostly mentally changed him. And he don't know how to disclose this to his wife. Now, with a wall like that, what do you do and how do you help someone in a situation and they come to you and you don't know, got your hands up like, man, I ain't been in that situation, so I can't tell you. I don't even know where to send you. I don't even know if a psychologist can help you. You know, because uh, that's a huge question. Men, a wall like that, they won't, they won't let that one out the gate for nothing. Well, I, I had to deal with a guy that, um, not that situation, but he was actually molested by his mother and <clears throat> caused all kind of problems in his marriage. Um, you know, and um, unfortunately when he shared it with his wife, she didn't believe him because she knows his mother and all this kind of stuff, and it just caused all kind of problems, you know. Um, he confronted his mother with it, and she denied it, and it, it just turned into a war of the family that, that actually everything split down the middle. I think that... Well, what about um, the marriage? Oh, go ahead. And, and it really bothered him. He had to do something because he had children, and now his mother was around his children and his son. Mm. And every time his mother would hold his son on his lap, he would flip out. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. So you're yeah. saying that he can't even trust his mother with his children. Correct. Right. Thank and the you. wife didn't believe him, and the mother, you know, denied it. And I mean, hey, I wasn't there, but I, I, I saw the brother's pain, and I mean, you don't just make stuff like that up. Nah. Right. Nah. Right. This is this a forty year old man. This ain't no kid. Right. And 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 Darren, back to your scenario. Um, I think that as hard as it is for him to talk about that that's happened, I think that that once he tells his wife, and there's two things you know you brought up the fact that you think he's got homosexual tendencies, right? Yeah, I, I, that's what I believe because he's a little, you know, family. I mean, you know, certain things when he, in certain parts of the conversation when he gets excited, I'm like, hey, dude, hey, you know. But so uh, he's all man. Yeah, like, we love you anyway, even with your tendencies, man. We love you. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so we don't love you through this. <laughs> so you ain't right, boy. That ain't ain't nothing right. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. I think uh, I, yeah, I was gonna let him finish. Um, are, are, are you? Do you think that he has gay tendencies? I think, if I, you know, I'm, I think that that uh, that incident resulted into him being a little confused, and by doing the right thing or trying to do the right thing, he went on ahead and got married, and he's still trying to do the right thing because he knows that. Uh, being the you know being a switch hitter is against what what God tells you that you can't cheat. Sure, 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 you sure. Know. So you think the re- one of the reasons why he got married is to make himself feel more manly? Well, again, I can't. I don't want to speak on that. Uh, this just I'm just speculating. You know. Um, sure. Uh, the, uh, the way he the way he acts sometimes it's like you know. Uh, you know, you got some feminine acting men, but you know, uh, but I see that he's feminine acting not because he was raised around women, but because he's been touched inappropriately by a man, or it was his father rather. Uh, his father touched him, you know, that way. Yeah. And um, I and, think uh, that, and when that happened. Wait, I'm sorry. I mean, I I kind of disagree with that. I mean, I think either you are, or you aren't. I don't think that you know. Being touched that way can make you feminine. If you, I mean, you know, if you were raped, I don't think it makes you feminine. I just think if that's in you, that's in you. But I do believe that he needs to tell his wife, and I think that once he does that, it'll give him some relief, and that it'll open up a door for her to see his emotional side and see that she trusts that he trusts her with that kind of information, which may be. And, and that's that. what I. That's what I told him. But um, yet, as to this day, he hadn't told her. Um, How long have they been married? About seven months. Oh, okay. Well, oh, okay. And, 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 so the reason the fear, why he won't tell her, maybe he don't trust her. Yeah, he and, don't trust and her the yet. Fear is, yeah, but the fear is he's pregnant. And the same thing Andrew just said, you know, um, he, don't, he don't want that baby, boy, male or female, to go around his parents because his, his father and mother are still together. Um, matter of fact, his father served time for doing that to him, but the mother, came, when he came out of jail, the mother accepted him back because, you know, devout Christian and all this other stuff. You know, you can't leave your husband. 
But um, <laughs> they're excited about being grandparents. Really? And he's like, man, I said, you got you to gotta tell your, your wife before you put your child in that situation where you are uncomfortable or it's going to explode, you know. So, um, so that, but, I, but he hadn't told her yet. I'm like, well, two, three more, more months, man, the baby's going to be here and you need to, you need to talk to your wife. Yeah, we talked earlier about one of those things that you take to your grave. That ain't one of them. Right. Well, no, because right. it's affecting, you know, it's going to affect present situations. It's going to affect his, his son. It's going to affect a whole bunch of things. And, you know, a conversation, I mean, he have a conversation with somebody, uh therapist, but definitely his wife, and then depending on what the situation is between he and his father, uh, okay, you did this. I'm mad at you. I hate you, but... I'm going to find a way to let it go, but if you touch my son, you out, you know, uh, something like, you know, that's me talking, that's flesh talking, so don't, you know, yeah. that's not Reverend Chick talking, that's Dwayne talking. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I have found is that this, he's going to have to deal with this. It got so bad um, with, with the guy I was telling you about, um, and, you know, it just it wrecked everything about him, and then unfortunately, when he did go, you know, open with it, um, he was having problems in his marriage because of a lot of the things that were going on, and the wife sided with the mother. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, time to go. Time to say go. that again. Time to go. Time to go. When that happens. Yeah. Well, they ended up splitting up, but I mean, you know, these, these kind of things. This is this is the the baggage that people show up with, and no matter how hard you try before you say I do, a lot of times that stuff doesn't come out. Right. And you know the trust that we have in people, um, you know, is 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 earned over time, and when people have those kind of serious serious hurts, a lot of people don't realize the difference between a physical hurt and an emotional hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're 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 very very similar. If uh, I mean each of us could probably point to a scar that we have on our body, and if you touch that scar, you'll notice it doesn't hurt, and that's because it's healed. Okay? Right. But if you got a, a, a cut or, or, or something on your body and you never let it heal, you just kept covering it and, and it festered and infected. If somebody touched that, you'd say, "Ow, that hurt." And if they did it again. And, you know, you'd say, I told you that hurt. Well, if they did it a third time, you'd be ready to slug them. Right. Um, the problem mm-hmm. is emotional pains we can't see. And we do something that touches that wound that hasn't healed. And the person reacts in a way that's over the top for what, what just happened. Like, you know, somebody's talking about, I didn't take the trash out. And this person goes, you know, over the moon. And these are... These are these are these are feelings that, that, that will show you something's wrong when right. you start to see things like that, and when you touch that area that's not healed in them, their reaction is is just like you stuck your finger in an open wound for them. When you start to see these things, it's really our responsibility to dig down to find out okay where is this coming from? Where's the root of it? Instead of getting up with the way they're reacting, we need to step up and figure out where this is coming from. And an important thing, an important thing while we're doing that, we have to make sure, okay, 
I'm going to help you with this. Uh, why are you wigging out like this? I have to make sure that I'm prepared to handle whatever she tells me. Exactly. You know, because sometimes, okay, I'm helping you heal, but I didn't know it was going to be that. Now I don't like your father. Now I don't like your whoever. Or now I'm thinking, well, how could you let that happen? And so we have to be very uh, careful and make sure we're prepared. I want to help you. And so whatever you tell me, I have to be able to deal with it. Wow. That's good. That's big. Yeah, I think we need to do a, a whole show on that uh, sexual molestation in families because that's that's a that's a uh, a subject that touches a lot of different issues, and mm-hmm. I think that's 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 one of the biggest secrets that people don't talk about because a lot yeah. of times somebody in the family is the one who's committing the act. And I was not aware of how prevalent it was. Uh, my wife. It talked to me about, you know, things that happened to her and her sister. And then um, we had this thing that we did at church. Uh, and incredible the amount of women that have fell victim to that. Again, I didn't realize it was, it was, so, it was so prevalent. I don't want to say common because that makes it sound legitimate, and I don't want to do that. But, you know, I had no idea that it was so prevalent. And so it definitely, it's definitely something that, you know, needs to be dealt with and, that's with this was you know this particular incident in terms of church was with women so yeah there are yeah. guys that are in that situation also and just not knowing how to deal with it taking it into a relationship and why I can't be intimate or why I'm more aggressive in you know having sex and not just and not making love or you know, all kind of ramifications. Hey, I want to add one more. I want to add one more thing in right quick. A gentleman. Um, that was dealing with a, uh, I guess a young man or whatever, and you know he said his dad had molested him, and he said he had uh, feminine ways. And then another caller said that's he don't think that that's true. That is absolutely true. That is one of the reasons why you got a lot of uh, young men out here the way that they are because they're molested by men, and they don't mm. talk about it. And you do, do do your research on it, and you know I'd be more than happy to provide research to the group. But um, probably the majority of the cases out there where you have, especially young black men who are a feminine uh, or who are homosexual, they have been molested sometimes mm-hmm. by female, sometimes by by male, but. That is a that is a I wouldn't say that's the overarching reason, but I would say that is a strong characteristic uh, that leads right. up to that. And that's mm. why that's why I believe that's why I believe that uh, that he acted that way um, because of that. You know, I mean, because I only met two kind, and the ones that's been touched, and the ones that's been raised by women, and I believe. That was my personal belief that he was that way because he's been touched inappropriately. But like I said, yeah. I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think any research or a doctor can, can. I don't know. I don't. I mean, the only those, these guys can tell you, and they're they're not coming out straight out and say what happened to them because they it is so afraid that they're going to be well not nowadays because it's more common to be, you know. Um, in that alternative lifestyle than 
than before, but you know, you they're not gonna admit certain things like if their father had touched them or something like that. They're not gonna admit that. Well maybe well, not to the general public but to a therapist or somebody so that they can talk this out, talk it through so that they can, you know, deal with it in their mind, okay, I do this because of this and so I'm working through it. But, you know, you have to if you can't um there's a friend of mine, uh pastor friend of mine, his organization has a uh, saying you have to get real with it if you want to get healed of it. And so what I found is, is is a lot of times people that have gone through real big hurts think that there's something wrong with them. And right. we as, as as husbands to wives in this situation uh, can be the make or break point if if we come alongside them and say Hey, I'm here for you, and and there's nothing wrong with you, and what you're going through is absolutely normal, and we're going to get help. We're in this together. Or if we look at them and say, what is wrong with you? Why are you reacting like this? What are you, crazy? What are you, weak? What is wrong with you? Suck it up. If we go with that attitude, we've helped put bricks in that wall. Didn't I ask you to stop reading my mail? I thought you liked me, man. <laughs> Stop doing that. I'm, I, I told you I was. I told I, I told my wife I'm sorry. I tried not to do it. Why you keep bringing that up? <laughs> <laughs> I was young and so stupid. The reason man. is is because I've been in that situation, and I've seen the the, the way um, the way my reaction, uh, the result that, that it caused right. uh, in a previous relationship, and you know. It doesn't have to be a big thing to to me, but if it affects her and it hurts her, it's a big thing. And if I put it down as it, it's not a big thing, now I've told her something's wrong with her, the way she's reacting and the way it hurts her, something's wrong with her. I don't that have to say it doesn't matter. Thing, but if she does, it's a big thing to me because it's going to be a big thing in the marriage. Right. Yeah, but hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second. I think that we that, – that it's a case by case, and I don't think that if your wife confided in you that she was molested, that you would tell her to suck it up. No, no I was just talking about that's that's an extreme. not that that's specific one. Extreme. But I mean, there's, there's, you know, hey, you know, hey, you know, the way my daddy talked to me when I was nine years old really has hurt me. And we can say, girl, get over it. You were nine. Grow up. Right. I mean, you might but do if something it's like that. It was a long time ago. That yeah. it's a long time ago and it shouldn't affect you. What's wrong with you? Well, yeah. if it's hurt her deeply, she needs to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. And she yeah. needs yeah. our support. I mean, obviously, if 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 she was raped, we well, most of us wouldn't go there. But we may see some little things that we won't judge as important that they do. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when when I came out of my my last marriage, I I was carrying a lot of this baggage. And and I and and my wife would do things, and I said, "Hold on, wait a minute, oh, that ain't going like that." I've been down this road, and right. she said, mm. she would say to me, "I am not your ex-wife." Mm. Mm. Okay, mm. and but but she also took the tact of saying, because I went through a lot of financial stuff. I mean, bank mm. accounts drained, all kind of crazy stuff, tens of thousands of dollars, and mm. she took and 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 because she was sensitive to it. Every time she would do things, she'd, write, she'd itemize every dime. Not because I asked her to, but because she understood the hurt I was going through. Right. Mm. Wow. Wow. I, I, I hear you. 
I hear you. And again, you I mean you got to have a filter, as somebody once said, and you got to have bedside manner when dealing with these kind of situations. You know, but again, it's still you have to be mature enough to be able to receive it. And a lot of times we think that someone should say it coming in. Just like we said 7 months in, they don't trust you enough to say these things. You know what I mean? And for a woman to tell, I mean it's it's really big for a woman to tell you while you're dating that she's been molested. It's even bigger for a man to tell a woman while they're dating that he's been molested. You know, so you got to get to a certain point where you trust that they won't take that information and hurt you with it or throw it back in your mm-hmm. face or say, well, that's why you're this way because of what happened to you. You know, there's all right. kind of ways that people can receive it and take that information and use it against you. That's why most people hold it in. As a matter of fact, they may have shared that with somebody in the past, and their reaction was wrong to it. And, and I right. think it's probably a lot harder for a man to share that he's been molested than a woman. Well, sure. Because he's sure. viewed as, what's wrong with you? Why, would, why wouldn't you fight them off? What are you, punk? Yeah. But they wanted it. Yeah. 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 Well, I could, I, could, I could give you all a good one. My, uh, my brother's children... Um, he separated from his girlfriend, who had his uh, who had his three kids, and the mother allowed my nieces and nephew to be molested by her friends, and he, and she was having intimacy with my nephew. To this day, to the, to this day, he's still not right. Okay, my nieces, the ones that were involved in that nonsense, are in and are in gay relationships now. You know, so. I've witnessed it firsthand, and my my brother almost lost his sanity behind that nonsense when he found out about it. My mother found out about it, and when she found out about it, she reported it. They came and they uh, they arrested her for allowing that to happen. And a week before her trial, she had a headache, and they gave her an aspirin for a headache, and she died in jail before the, before the trial. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I didn't hear that. And my and my and my and my nephew to this day still not stable, still you know got questions. You know, I mean, they used to hang him upside down in closets and all kinds of bullcrap, man. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, he went through some things, you know, and um, and and all of his life he's been in and out of jail, in and out of jail, you know, fighting and fighting to know who he is and and who love him. You know what I mean? So yeah, I've I've witnessed it. I mean, I know, you know. The repercussions behind that nonsense, man. Because I lived with it, you know. Because he lived with me for a while after that, you know. So yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy. then, so then, so then, so then, what happens, Brian? Is he's gonna find? He's gonna meet a woman, right? That yeah. gonna be okay. Yeah. That he that he's gonna think, hey, you know, she's the one. She ain't gonna hurt me. Yeah. And then he and then he gonna get married, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then that's the and then that's the situation that we're talking about right now because, you know, a lot of people are hurting from whatever, and then they get married thinking that it's you know well this person's gonna save me from it, you know, yeah. and we haven't dealt we haven't dealt with it, and if he doesn't deal with it, and I don't know how he can deal with it, that's a lot to deal with because mm-hmm. we say that people haven't dealt with these situations before they get married, but time waits for no one, and if your clock is ticking. And you haven't dealt with it. What you going to do? You're going to get married anyway, and try yeah. to work. Mm-hmm. Follow suit. Yeah. 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 So, let yeah, me yeah. let me let me drop a monkey wrench, if I might, on what you just said, Mister Hose. 
Um, and thank you for sharing that, brother. But I, those of you that know me, I've been in banking for uh, 15 years. Um, and in speaking in financial terms, you know, a blind trust is is a trust in which the trustees have full discretion over the assets and the beneficiaries have no knowledge of the holdings of the trust. And Mr. Hoshi said something about the other party may not be mature enough to receive um, that information. Maybe it's a sexual assault, maybe it's a molestation. So with the blind trust, uh, is it safe to say that, you know, there's some similarities in the in the financial world that we can relate um, to relationships and to relate marriage? Because, you know, as you said, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's basically put into a trust to avoid a conflict. And maybe eight months into your relationship where you're dating or courting for your old heads, um, that's not the time to expose that I was molested by my father or whatever the case may be, whatever that young lady that you're interested in is going through. So is it possible, maybe I'm out in left field with this, but is it possible that we can relate the blind trust in, in financial terms to relationships and possibly marriage? Hmm. Anybody want to take a shot at it? Well, if the well, you said that, um, you know, there's your analogy was saying that you know there's times when you know it may be too early, and I would yes. definitely agree with that. It's, it may be too early to reveal to the the uh, the mate or the partner, the spouse or the soon to be spouse, you know, or you know when you're dating two three months, it's too early to reveal to them because you want to develop the trust, the relationship, and to know that this person cares about me and they care about me enough to deal with. Do they love me enough to deal with my baggage? I'm not going to know that first month. And so I would definitely agree there. But need to talk to somebody because... When you keep stuff in, it can affect you, and you're going through all that you're going through, uh, you know, until you reveal it and or release it, having to be dealt with. But more specifically to to your analogy, I would definitely uh, uh, agree because you know some things you can't reveal uh, too soon. Mm-hmm. Well, but that probably better earlier. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was about to say that brings me to my earlier question. When is it too soon, or when is it when when is it a right time before you? I mean, some of you said before you have sex with them, or before you. Some people, you know, a relationship doesn't start until you have sex, a sexual encounter. Some relationships are, you know, we already had sex, and now we're thinking about having a relationship. And some of them, very few, is they're not going to have. The intimacy is not going to start before the marriage. That's kind of long out and dated. But the reality of it is, when is it time to to start exposing these secrets or uh, letting these people know that hey, this is a potential issue with me, 
because I have a problem with this or I had a problem with that. When is it a good time to tell them uh, and not scare them off? I don't I know that you can put a case by I'm case. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. no. Well, 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 I'll keep it brief. I think it's a case-by-case, case. and and I don't think that, that you know, it's a two-month, three-month, four-month, six-month, 12-month. I don't think it's that. I think it's when they feel comfortable enough with you to give you that information that you'll receive it well and you won't destroy them for, you know, bringing it up later. Because there's two things they've got to think about. You know, the fact that, that, that there is that issue and the fact that they didn't tell you that issue in the beginning. So there's two things that you've got to get over when you disclosing that kind of information. Go ahead, brother. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's the timing is going to depend on the individual relationship. It's going to depend on uh, how far along, if I've, if, you've, if I've developed a rapport, if I've developed trust with you uh, in general. So, you know, that's not a specific uh, chronological time. Uh, so I would just ditto what he just said. Yeah, I'll take a stab at it and going back to what I said about blind trust in the financial sector. Um, you know, politicians or other people that are in sensitive positions, um, they put their assets into blind trust to avoid the, the public scrutiny. So, you know, I would say as far as timing, um, it would be at a at a level where she'll be able to trust you with an information that you wouldn't leave her and furthermore that you wouldn't leave her and tell the world why you left her. So it has to be, you know, a time and again as the host said, you know, it's not a specific time, you know, when, you know, that would take place but it's a time when she feels comfortable enough to reveal the information that you won't reveal it in a, in a, in a displeasing way to others. Okay. But let's now keep real. What happens when you start figuring things out and you start get frustrated and asking, well, why do you act like this? I mean, it got to be something. And, and she's holding that. Yeah. Great question. Great question. And it's I don't have an answer crazy. for it. I don't have an answer for it, but that's a great question. I mean, we've, um, we've been on this call, and we've all found out that something that happened in the past with, you know, with your significant other that you knew nothing about until, you know, you just couldn't take it anymore, and you're like, look, I'm getting ready to walk away. What is? Why are you doing this? Why don't you do this? Why aren't you, you know, want to touch it here? Somebody has gone through something, and then you find out the reason is because this, and I just didn't never want to tell you. And then you get mad well, at them and you say, well, you should have told me earlier. I don't, I'd have been more understanding going through this. You know, I think some people take that, you know, and, and they're more feared of their past than, than losing their present, and they'll lose the relationship over it. Well, one thing about it, um, I, I was I was very privileged and, and, and very thankful uh, that one of the um, – uh, Lonnie Hunter, he, he used our question um, of, the, of the week, and that was pertaining to this very issue – when a woman and uh, when a when a wife and husband went out 
and they uh, she used to be an escort, but he didn't know it because he met her in church. And uh, he married her, and she already had a daughter. And the, the issue was, you know, every time they went out, men would look at her in a way of familiarity. And her husband finally asked you, why, why every time we go out, men are looking at you like they know you. And then she finally broke it to him that two years into the marriage that she used to be an escort. And he said, well, why didn't you tell me? And she said, well, I was a changed woman. I used to be an escort. I used to be I used to be heavily on drugs. Now I'm in school. I got saved. You know, I'm raising my daughter. I got my daughter back from social services. And he was awed with all of this newfound information two years into the relationship after he dated her for four years. So, uh, so he thought he did his homework. And after he thought he did his homework, it still didn't land any solid evidence because she stopped hanging around everybody who she used to hang around because now she's, she's a new person, a newborn Christian, and all these other good things. But – uh, but the, the the fact remains is that now he just discovered something about his wife of two years that now all of a sudden it feels new to him. And she well, not only not that it feels help. new to him, but I believe oh, yeah. the problem is it's just like if, if the difference between a man um, cheating on his wife and a wife cheating on his man is that it's that repeated record going through your head time and time again. So every time he goes out, he's looking at every man like, did she do him? Did she do him? Mm. And it's going to drive him crazy. That's why. But I thought thought that she made a a very valid point to him, and I don't think that I I would have swallowed that well myself, but she did make a valid point to him is I don't look at my past I look at my future, and I don't look at if God has forgiven me, why shouldn't I forgive myself and keep bringing it back up? And his point was I should have at least known about it to give me an option to stay or not. Yeah. I think that that's one of those things. I think that there's certain things, I think we'll all agree, that there's certain things that you can parlay on and wait for maturity. And that there's certain things that you have to say up front. And I think that's one of the things, especially if you say, okay, God has forgiven me. If God has forgiven you, why couldn't you have told me that up front? Because now you've got no shame in your game. If God has forgiven you and if that's where it ends, then you should have told me up front, well, we may run across some people that know me from, a different, from my past life, and this is the reaction that may happen. You know, that venereal disease, things like that, you've got to say up front. Those things you just can't just parlay and wait until, you know, you think that the person can receive it better before you give it to them. But those situations, do that change the course of the relationship? Yes. Well, if she's an escort, because now he's, he's thinking, that, well, is she bringing it like she brought it with those guys? With <laughs> That's perfectly <laughs> obvious. Huh? These guys, I know they paid for it. They paid for it. You know what I'm saying? So... She's going to do what she got to do to make that money. Hey, man, we're all paying for it. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> no, but it's a different type of paying that she did. It can't affect it, – it's going to affect the relationship uh, until he gets to the point where, like we were talking about earlier, uh, 
forgiving her, not for her, for him. And so, okay, that was the past. Uh, I'm mad that you didn't tell me. I'm going to be mad for however long I'm going to be mad, but I'm going to get over it. That point, you have to get to that point because if not, it's going to ruin the rest of the relationship. But you have to understand, okay, yeah, I'm mad, and most people say justifiably so. But but would you? I got to get over now, it. Okay, but now, how does how does a person in that situation move forward with trusting the person uh, that is, that just now you know open up this new found knowledge about them that they wouldn't ordinarily accepted if they would have known in the first place. You know, it, 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 should it be a should it be a trust issue now if they haven't did nothing for the last two years of the marriage, or should they have something to be concerned about, or should it just be like, okay, well, that's just a hit. You know, I should have, would have, could have, but I didn't. So, oh well. I think that I think that, and the answer is yes. You can earn that trust, but I think it's all in the sincerity that you're asking for this trust. And if you can say, this was the life that I used and this, this, life, this life that I lived and this is why I lived this life. But this is my intention now with you is to move forward and be 100% committed and faithful to you. And this is my word to you. And if it can be convincing enough and, and, to, and be followed up with action, I think a person can say, okay, I'll give it a shot versus I'm just going to go by, you know, because we all have a past. Some is more shadier than others, but we all have a past, and some of it is, is shameful. You know, so we, when we get to a point where we say, well, your past is worse than my past, what are we doing? Right, right, right. And she have to, and he would be need to look at, did he have any reason in those two years, now that I'm thinking back, do I have any reason to think that she was cheating? Or yes. I'm just mad because she didn't tell me. Now, that's you know, a logical uh, deduction to come to. And, you know, right after you tell me, I'm not thinking logically because I'm mad, but after a while, that's how one of the ways he can, uh, you know, build trust back. Okay, uh, she hadn't given me any reason not to trust her with cheating over the last year, a couple of years, so it's easier for me to, to, to move on. Now, I may have trust issues about is she telling me everything? Okay, I've got to yeah. deal with that, you know, but... It has to be faced and we deal with, but you can, you know, you can get over it. Yeah. 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 Can I drop another monkey wrench? Yes, sir. Do what you do. And we're talking about blind trust. Is our trust in God blind or no? Is our trust in God blind? blind? It's been blind a lot of times. <laughs> Let's just be real honest. It's been blind a lot of times. You know, now we can see the light since a lot of us are saved on here. But there's been times that our trust in God has been very blind because we, we look at worldly things. I think that for me, you know, God has shown me over the years who he is. And even yeah. even when I go through difficult times I can I can go back to well, he didn't you know, he didn't he didn't leave me there and he ain't gonna leave me now. So I wouldn't say it's blind trust, not for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I would kinda I would kinda uh 
you know, agree on that because our trust in God is based on what? It's based on what he did for my mama. It's what he did last time when my daughter got sick or whatever. It's based on what the word says. So in that sense, is it more educated trust? I told you I love that term. I'm going to keep using it. Is it based on educated trust more so than blind trust? I'm trusting God because Big Mama said ABC, and Big Mama was always coming through something. So I'm going to say I'm going to say it's it's based on I'm going to throw another term out there. I'm going to say it's based on Let me get my pen. Let me get my pen. Let me get my pen first before you say it. It's already in my book so it doesn't even matter. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh but I'm going to say I'm going to say it's it's historical trust that you base that off of. You you based off base it off the history of when you needed him before when you needed him, uh, all the other times when you thought that it was no way out, and then you, you collect the history or historical data of when did he show up when you needed him. And then mm. it gets easier to lean towards him where it's not blind. It's just automatic, you know, hey, the law of reaping and sowing has brought me to this point where I know it's going to get taken care of by God. <laughs> Man, you don't know what you just did. What you just did for me don't have nothing to do with my relationship. Uh, I'm dealing with an issue right now that if God don't do it, it won't get done. And you just helped me, and I want to thank you. Don't have nothing to Amen, do with my relationship, but uh, it just—it's just you just did it. You just did it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Amen, you. Thank you. Now I gotta get off the phone. Cross that line. Men don't cry though. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's good words. That's good words. Um, I've I've got I've got a question that I want to ask, and I asked my wife this question before the call, and she actually answered me, which was kind of cool. Um, the question was: Is there anything in your past? that would prevent you from being a good spouse. And she said her situation when she was raised by people other than her parents. And which was kind of cool because, you know, there were situations that, that there's a certain time in her life where she had to live in a situation, live with someone that it wasn't ideal, but that was the hand that she was dealt. And she said, within that situation, certain things would, the example that was given would make her not a, be a good spouse because of that example. And I understand it if I'm making myself any, you know, because it wasn't a, a happy household example. So the example that was given at that place wasn't a good example to send somebody off to holy matrimony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so the question that you know I want to throw it back to the group: Is there something in your past that would prevent you, or is preventing you, from being a good husband? Since we're just talking to men. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, something we got to admit, you know. Is it something that is preventing you from being 
a good man? Is that what is that what the question a is? Good husband. A good husband. A good husband. Yeah. Something in your past. You know what I mean? Is there something in your past that's preventing you? Because all because we're on here because we want to be better. We're on here because we want to talk about. We want to learn from. We want to learn from each other. We want to be better. But in wanting to be better, that's saying that we're not the best. So in not being the best, is something that ha- has happened in our life before that is preventing us from being the best husband that we can possibly be? Hmm. That's a good question. Hmm. And, and, I, and that might I, be... I would probably say yes. I mean, I mean, you know, um, and it comes down to that C word, communication. Okay. You know, I would get so irritated, I would just shut down. You know what I mean? Won't say a word. Mm-hmm. And I did that a lot in my past. And I think I still do it sometimes now. Instead of just coming out and saying, here, I have a problem. I just shut down. You know what? I ain't going to say nothing. I would and say I, there yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I was I'm just sorry, saying I, I think I think that was that's that's probably my problem with saying I'm a good husband is that I shut down instead of communicate. Yeah, mm. and I'm gonna let him talk, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna do mine because I'm actually as I'm asking the question, I'm thinking of mine right now. But go ahead, sir. Go ahead. I would say uh, there was because you know if you didn't learn something after, if you haven't learned it after 32 years, you're in trouble. Uh, but <laughs> in the in the beginning. You know the communication and the, um, for lack of a better term, I'd say fussing. Yeah. Doing that too much because that impedes communication. That impedes uh, overcoming whatever you know the issue is, and you know not seeing my issue or my role in the problem. So those were the things that uh, hindered me from being the best husband. Uh, but, you know, working through them, admitting them, dealing with, you know, looking in the mirror and all of my uh, issues of why I did that, you know, trying to win or whatever the case may be. Uh, those are the painful things that had to be admitted and dealt with. So those things, uh, you know, for too long in my relationship uh, helped me from, kept me, hindered me from being a good husband. But, you know, thank God. You know, overall, I've worked. You know, I worked through them. Mm. I I would say for me, um, not expressing love. Mm. And I'm thinking about that as as we talk. My 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 father never really expressed love, and that was I don't know why that was just the thing to do because I hear a lot of men say that, but in in him. And him not expressing love, that 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 made me a person that wasn't good in expressing love. Either. I mean, I can show you, but as far as saying I love you and let me give you a hug and a kiss on a regular basis, like some people do, I didn't have that example growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, so that may be something that I need to work on to try to overcome that portion of it for me to be a better husband than I am now. Mm-hmm. Thinking about it, yeah, that that can really uh, affect you, you know, long term. Because um, long term. I had the same issue. My father 
my father passed about eight years ago, but uh, my father, I've never heard my father say, I love you or I'm proud of you. Yeah. But that bothered me until two things happened. I discovered why, because my father grew up in Thomasville, Georgia, and he grew up, you know, rough and, okay, I'll show you that I love you, but I don't need to be saying it. And uh, I found out that while he never said he was a proud of me to me, when I would run into people that he worked with that he knew, he would say, your father's always talking about you. Mm-hmm. So for whatever reason, he could say it to everybody else, but not to me. And it used to bother me until I matured. Okay, I know he's proud of me, although he's never said it to me. But those two things helped me overcome that. But I was 30 years old when that happened. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so it can have a long-term effect. And so, you know, bringing that into, you know, into a relationship. Yeah, that's tough. Anybody else? Come on now, fellas. Come on, we're getting vulnerable. <laughs> Don't hold it back. Not the truth will set you free. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> I say that for me, Mr. Hoax, I say for me, um, it's pride. And I had major issues of pride early on in my marriage. And um, I think that, you know, Absolutely, I've gotten better, but, you know, I still have some opportunity for growth and improvement on in, in that regard. So, you know, I, w- I would say that the pride piece uh, can creep in and uh, cause a little havoc or wreak havoc. Um, so I, I would say pride. Next. Is that it? Mm. All right. All right. Well, at least at least it gives you food for thought. I think something to think about. You know. Um, and definitely giving me something to think about, and and uh, Dwayne was definitely opening my mail <laughs> when he was talking about that, you know. And that's why, and that's why we're here, you right. know, because sometimes we need a checkup from the neck up, and yeah. we don't get it. We don't get it out in the street. We ain't gonna get it, you know, with the wife because we ain't gonna receive it well, you know. So that's why here we can. We can get better together, I, I believe, you know, and uh, and I think it is, you know, something that's stopping us from our past from being better than what we do. I think that, you know, now's the time to better. Now's a better time than any to just try to address it and 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 you know and work on it. Mm-hmm. But any, um, if 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 Andrew, if you got anything else, you know, we're at that point where we can slide in the open mic. I think I think we put it all out there, Tony. Okay. Okay. Okay, great, man. Good job, Mr. Host. Glad you could come on, man, and everybody come on and, and add a little flavor to this uh blind trust 
topic. And um, <clears throat> right now what we'll get ready to do is we'll slide in the open mic. Uh, please nobody hang up because we're going to talk about things other than blind trust. Beep, beep. 